Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. It's the 6th of April 2023. It's Thursday. It's Thursday before the big derby, uh, the derby that we've all been kind of waiting for over this last couple of weeks. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and we get plenty to talk about. And I am joined, as always, by Alan Edgar. Hello, Alan. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm uh, looking forward to working out some of the nerves, some of the kinks. Try and work through some it. Some of the kinks. Oh, what therapy? Some of the kinks. Oh. Yeah, just kinks as in issues. Oh, I thought you were doing a music thing, which, there, therefore, my face went blank. <laughs> Completely <laughs> blank. Uh, Alan Edgar's here, as always. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Samani sends his apologies. He's unable to attend today, but we've got a terrific stand-in. Uh, it's Paul Carlin. Hello, Paul. How are you? Greetings, one and all. I love how when someone, when either Alan or Samani can't make it, you do a really nice sort of positive. They send their apologies. They wish they could be here. Unfortunately, they can't. No more information. Absolutely. I like to protect their privacy. Uh, they've earned that. Uh, a crow is sent to a window uh, in my house. Right. There's usually a note on it. It's from Alan or from Sermani, and it gives the apologies. It's a very good system. What am I talking about? Uh, it's a really, really, really smart crow, by the way. It's a, what a boy, by the way. I think it's way. a pigeon that would normally carry messages, but it's not for me to interfere. No, because it's bad news. And it's a crow. The, uh, What's you see, the crow's name? By the way, we're doing this because I'd, I'm still there. I'm, I've started to get really nervous about the game, and I don't want to talk about it. But no, we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, Sting. The crow's name is Sting. Oh, um, nice. So this is the big derby. Um, I'm just going to get a kind of take the temperature of the room of the panel. Alan, how are you feeling? We obviously did the agenda on Monday. There was a level of confidence there because it's a little bit far away. We're closer. How are you feeling? Yeah, I pretty good to be honest. Um, thank you. Thank you very um, much. I fairly confident we're in a good position. I, I don't think it's changed since Monday and that ultimately don't lose the game is the, the way to secure a title, I think. But there's always nerves for the, the actual occasion itself. I think injury worries added into it. There's a lot, but no, I think the game plan for us is a lot simpler um, and I don't think we change much anyway. So I think there is a slight confidence that comes from that you're not worrying about I know people were asking earlier in the week about changes in system and shape but I don't see any of that I, don't, I see it just being doing the same thing and I think with that consistency comes a wee bit of something so aye feeling good uh, Paul you will watch the game in Germany along with our good friend Callum Gordon yeah I believe to that. Uh, how are you feeling what's your thoughts uh, I've had a really busy week so I've not a lot of time to think about the game and about, after about three minutes of sitting here with you two, I'm now <laughs> shiting myself. Um, I I mean, I hate these games. I talk about how much I hate these games every time we have these games. I, I just think form's kind of irrelevant sometimes when these games come up. But I think deep down, if my life depended on it, I'd say I'm probably quite, quite confident, but not overconfident. Um, this game... This could this could be the end of the right the, the season could wrap up by Saturday afternoon, and that could be it. And I think that's no better incentive than that for our players than to think if you win this game, you pretty much win the league. So that should really focus the minds. We're currently nine points clear, with eight games to go. We would be twelve points clear with seven games to go. I mean that only twenty one points up for grabs. You know, you win here, Alan. You win the league. I don't want to be that guy to bring that up, but it's. Uh, to lose it from here would be, if we did win on Saturday, would be monumentally bad. I hope that at about, what time, quarter to three? Say ten to three. I hope about ten to three on Saturday I'm sending round. Remember the UEFA Cup final and you had uh, 
the wee Rangers fan and he was doing the it's over, it's done. <laughs> yeah. I hope to be sending that to every single person in my phone book at about 23. And if that happens, then it's in for a good weekend. It'll be happy stuff, I want to know. Former uh, co-workers, former bosses, you know, everybody oh, gets it. I'll regret it big time <laughs> on Tuesday morning, I think <laughs> that. Vote you from your primary six class, <laughs> your, your most pals on Facebook, why not? Yeah. I'll be like Steve Bruce on Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. 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 <laughs> um, we are recording uh, this uh, episode on location. We thought we'd take it out the studio. Um, we are in Phillies and Shawlands having some nice drinks. Um... We've got some questions. Uh, let's let's open it up. Let's open up with the opening question. The opening question is from Kenny. Um, so Kenny keeps. Uh, sorry, Kenny keeps. Uh, Kenny keeps is a, a weird name. Um, Kenny says, "I keep hearing Hatati McGregor, CCV Kyogo is our best and most important player. Who do you think our best and most important player is?" We shout out to AJ and Taylor as I feel they're vital for linking up the midfield when playing from the back. Out from the back, the game Bernabe and Ralston played showed just how important they are but they shouldn't necessarily be the top of most people's lists. Paul Carlin, I'm going to come to you. Um, who is our best player and most important player? Um, the last couple of games have told me that our best player is Rio Hatati. Sorry, our best player currently is Rio Hatati. I feel like the talisman gets passed between several players in our team at various parts of the season, but I think we saw in the last couple of games that when Hatati's not there... The midfield just isn't as good. McGregor works hard. McGregor does his best. McGregor will always give you a very, you know, a 7 out of 10 performance at least. But obviously we're missing Moy as well at the moment. I don't think O'Reilly is in great form right now. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll, his form will come back. But for me, Hatati's the one that makes his play better. He makes his move faster. He spots things other people don't. I don't know. That's just his drive and his determination and his... Sort of his, his willingness to take risks in big games that I think few other players in the team do. Yeah, I think you could argue that without Kyogo, we've we might not be where we are right now. His goals have been so important, but yeah, Hatati for me, it just he just makes it all tick. I feel really comfortable when Hatati's on the pitch. Um, even a game if we say we're one 0 down against what St. Myrna or whatever, and win that game five one. For me, Hatati's always at the heart of driving the team forward and. I mean, yeah, McGregor does that too, but Hatati, I think it's just his bravery on the ball. That's it for me. Um, Alan, Hatati, McGregor, CCV, Kyogo. Anyone missing? Any other names you throw out? I, I, I think Paul makes a good case, to be fair, for Rio Hatati. I think you could equally make a case for seven or eight players on the starting lineup. Um, and not to be, not to give a cop out, but I, I do feel as if this Celtic team is more equipped to deal with injuries or loss than I think any Celtic team I really remember in my lifetime. You know, um, you think about taking what people would describe as the best player out of any Celtic team of the last 20 years. You know, take out Larson from the O'Neill team. Take out... Um, I'll just leave Gordon Stratton to save Galgan <laughs> down a route there. Um, but if you take out, you know, those key players... I think it maybe makes you think actually that team wouldn't be able to. I think you could take you could take any of those names out this team this season, and the team would probably still be there or thereabouts. Well, most, of the, most of those players have missed out at some point in the season. Most so last season, I think. But McGregor's when they were out. actually thinner on the yeah. ground as well. Yeah, when so, you were yeah when you were bringing on guys like Montgomery ex- and exactly. Yeah. So 
you could easily, we could sit here and we could go back and forth for an hour talking about six, seven, maybe eight players. And I think you could make a proper case for them like Paul did there with Rio Hitati. But I do feel as if the system, the, kind of, the way that we play, the way that the players have bought into it, and the kind of aggregate talent in that team, kind of makes me think that, don't get me wrong, when Paul was talking there and he's talking about Rio, it did make me think you would pick a player that might not be playing at the weekend. But as comfort levels go for missing a player, we've kind of been there. We've been there with CCV, we've been there with Kyogo, we've been there with Carl McGregor, and we've managed to largely come through it. So I, I feel as if I'm kind of, not blasé, but see when a player goes down injured, I, I, just, I think now more than ever, I feel as if, do you know what? It's up to whoever gets the jersey after them to just do the same job or do an equivalent job. And I think we, we've kind of seen that largely under Andrew's kind of time here, so... Could it be argued that, uh, in regards to Kenny's question, the best, so best is maybe different from most important? You could argue that our most important player, to an extent, could be Greg Taylor, in that the player coming in behind him is yeah, kind of... It's a, a great point. I like that he's, he's shouted out Taylor and AJ. I think Johnson's been really good since he came in. Yeah. Um, held home my hands up. I predicted he was going to be shite, and he's anything but... Um, I think he's fitted into the system really well and he's a totally different proposition from Juranovic I was kind of concerned when Juranovic left but again like Hatati like McGregor I feel like Johnson's a player that you you can rely on Yeah, he's he's got it he's played enough derbies and cup finals now that <laughs> like you know in his small time here he's played at Ibrox he's played in a cup final like he in his small time at Celtic he's fitted in so much and there's been so much pressure so good point Paul I think a lot of the players like him he seems to be pretty popular uh, in the team just don't know you notice it and also he's got a bit of bite you know he's a wee bit of a of a shite house he's a bit of a prick eh? and I, yeah, I, I mean that in the best possible yeah, way yeah, I, I'd love I, to see that I think Hatati's a wee bit like that too I think in a game like this I, I think about the 2-2 draw at Ibrooks earlier in the season and um, you know, a lot of players had off days there and that's why I'm a wee bit concerned that if Hatati's out like he is the guy that could make stuff happen although maybe I'm being disrespectful to other players Kyogo pulled us out of a hole in that last game as well um, ultimately I'm just worried Tatati is not going to play yeah. and understandably I'll enjoy coming so, did you have a point before? I, I, I share the, the notion as well I think Real Tatati is one of the first names in the team sheet and I think the, the case that Paul made for Real was spot on but I do try and, kind of try and flip it in his head a wee bit and say look he's not there it is up to them. It's a huge opportunity for somebody else to do. You think back to when um, Matt O'Reilly dropped out the team and Aaron Moy came in and he just made the shirt his own. Now, yeah. O'Reilly wasn't playing badly when Moy got his chance. He, he wasn't at his sparkling best, but he wasn't playing badly. And he never he never kicked a ball for, what, four or five weeks? And the sole reason for that was just the guy that came in and took his place was better. Yeah. So I wouldn't bet, see if, you know, it's whatever midfield three you play see whoever the extra guy is that takes that place it's their chance to come in and say well there's no better opportunity because see if the team plays well in that game see the the team that plays the following weekend you could if you win on Saturday you can absolutely guarantee that the team that plays against Kilmarnock would probably be the same team mm-hmm. because we're not playing two games a week there's no rotation if, if that 11 play well that 11 starts the next week and that's irrespective of who comes back in so I think that's how you can lay it down to the players a wee bit and there's plenty of guys that are feel as if they're not getting the minutes so 
step up and make it your own. You know, there's a huge semi-final at the end of the month. This is a big incentive for players who, you know, as Alan says, and I agree with him, if Rio Hitati's not available and the person who comes into that position, whether it be Matt O'Reilly, whether it be a David Turnbull, whether it be a, you know, whoever it is, if they have a good performance and they get the justice flown, you know, big semi-final at the end of the month that I'm sure... And if you play well in a semi-final, it's very hard to drop you for the final, do you know what I mean? I think... I think part of the reason as well, I'm a wee bit, maybe being a wee bit bullish about this as well, because I absolutely love Rio Hitati. I don't like the idea, because we laughed at Rangers for doing it um, in the last game when they talked about, oh, we should have played this guy or that guy. Injuries is a part of football. Yeah. So, see if we don't win, it won't be because Rio Hitati wasn't there, it'll be because the guy that took his place wasn't as good. And then that then becomes your issue, right? In the summer, recruitment, it needs to be to improve you know, that aggregate level of the team. And we've done that yeah. quite a bit so far, but what, what? I mean, that two ho- years in now almost. So, you know, you should expect to see if one of your players goes down. Look, the guy that takes his place has got to be able to do a job and the whole system can't collapse because one guy's not there. And I think we've done that so far, so I don't see that changing before Saturday. I mean, that whole Raskin didn't play if he had played in the cup final, Rangers with the win and all that. That, narr- that narrative is just, just bonkers, man. Um, but yeah, great. I, I hope it's another player on Monday. See if we're sitting here laughing again, and it's oh, actually, what you should have done is play asking, but play X Y Z, and Aye. it's just like you That's keep doing you that. The best out of them. You, you crack on, lads. You just I keep predict, playing a different team every I week. I predict that player will be Scott Arfield. Oh, should should have played Arfield. It always goes against them. I, I could only hear in my voice, my head there, Brendan Rogers talking about Scotty. Scotty, <laughs> not Scotty Arfield, of course, because that would have been weird. But Scotty Sinclair. Uh, we did the midweek tough week for Brendan. Tough we week. did we did the midweek bounce yesterday <laughs> where we touch on Brendan, but we had a whole section about uh, what Rangers player would like to get battered, uh, which was uh, a lot of fun. And Scott Arfield was high on the list. Oh, aye. It's He's a discussion to keep behind the paywall. <laughs> <I imagine. laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, we got some news before we kind of focus back on the game. We've got some really good questions. Thanks to everyone who sent in the questions, and um, we'll get through them as we as and when. Um, have you seen the Andy Walker VAR controversy? I've got some of the quotes. Um, so. Essentially, Andy Walker had an interview. Um, and yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> Sounded just a wee bit like Old MacDonald had a farm. Andy sorry, that's not Walker for this podcast. Had an sorry. interview. He's out of condition. Aye. <laughs> Come on, he's in holiday mode. Aye, stretch. Come on, stretch a wee bit. Um, Andy Walker. Uh, these are some quotes uh, regarding VAR and his role at Sky. Working with Sky, I have the option of listening to VAR. To, uh, to be absolutely clear, I hear the video assistant referee, not the referee on the pitch. I have a concern. I won't mention any names and I won't name the teams involved, but there was an instance when a couple of things happened in the space of a second or two. I heard the VAR say, the easiest way out of this is if it's offside. That to me is really poor language. There should be no idea what we are, there should be an easy way out. You have to look at what's happening on the pitch and apply the laws of the game. Don't look for the easy way out. That's not good enough. It's awful. I couldn't believe what I was listening to. I'm not going to mention any names and I'm not going to mention the game. But that kind of language makes me feel that the people operating VAR are obviously not feeling the atmosphere because they are not at the ground. Referees now have the safety net. It doesn't matter what I say or do. Someone else will tell me if I've got it right or wrong. And the example that I've given. Interesting. Uh, the SFA basically have come out and said um, they are going to block access to like the VAR assistance for, for Sky and stuff um, some interesting comments Alan your, your, your thoughts um, is he just shit stirring is there points to this what's your thoughts I think it's a lot of, I think anything 
with the headline VAR on it is going to attract a lot of interest in Scottish football. So I think that's first and foremost where that's came from. I think when you look at the quotes themselves that Andy Walker has said that he would hear, they probably aren't as salacious. I, I'm just see, just reading because, them when basically it's it's offside. It's the easiest way out. But if it's offside, it is easy. It is the easiest way out. This is this is a catch twenty two of all yeah. catch twenty twos because you had to defend Andy Walker, who by the way said an absolute stinking <laughs> oh, week. His commentary okay. last week I thought was outrageous. He's because getting worse, that guy. And see when he's commentating when it involves someone that he quite clearly likes, Malky Mackay. His commentary was outrageous last week. Ex teammate, really Absolutely bad, outrageous. really bad. Um, but by the same token, I don't think. If it's offside, it isn't the easy way out. But it has to be offside, I think. The suggestion that then you would be manufacturing the offside would be the the drama here. Look, it's, a, it's, it's something for Sky's production team in the SFA or the league to sort out. Because look, as fans, we, we're not going to hear it, so it doesn't matter. And they're not going to be... If you're going to give them the audio, then they're going to be able to communicate that in some way or form. So... It's, it's for them to sort out I don't understand why it's as big a story but anything with VAR attached to it is obviously big and it's salacious and it's exciting I think the, the reality is a wee bit duller than but don't you think the SFA's instant reaction to be like we're going to ban them from well, straight out of the Donald Trump Boris Johnson playbook right it's uh, the, but, uh, yeah but Paul no, what's your thoughts yeah, on that's, it? I mean I totally agree with Alan I think I think it's a great headline I think it's column inches it's you know clicks Um which is why a lot of these uh, publications exist. Publications, that's not what I wanted to say, is it? No, it's... Anyway. Um, I think, is he talking about this? I think he's talking about the Celtic-Hibs game and that Starfelt uh, foul on... I um, can't remember who it was that went over in the box when we played Hibs and they scored from the penalty. That wouldn't have been on Sky, though. So it wouldn't ah, have been on Sky. Okay, I take it back. Apologies to all concerned. Um, I think the suggestion was that it might have been the Kyogo penalty situation at Dundee United right okay okay um, I'm sick of talking about VAR I know that I mean I don't think it's working well at all uh, it's ruining my enjoyment of a live game it's ruining my enjoyment of watching a game on telly it's and it's not working well because it feels like the people that are doing it are not well trained in it like you know you, you can train a monkey to edit a podcast but you know there's going to be mistakes in it I, what am I talking about here I think I'm I think I'm going a wee bit off you're having, having a real pop at uh, your Look, man here I'm and I'm all for it I'm by myself the way. to be it's fucking Easter it's the holidays crack on fucking hell what, what am I getting in the neck no like, not you I mean you're, you're not you're you're like a gorilla you're not a monkey you're wow okay stop me move on um, yeah I just feel like this is an easy thing for Andy Walker to talk about and it's the whole I can exclusively reveal thing. It's a wee bit Chuck Young in the 1990s. Um, I kind of don't care. I know that that's maybe not the right thing. It's a great thing to say in a podcast, but we kind of the decisions I, I, get made. We kind of just have to live with it. But see, that kind of communication between the commentary team and Sky and the VAR room, whatever it is, that's kind of commonplace. So in other sports, like, and it's to give the commentators a little bit of insight that they can then share with the people at home and it's to make them seem more informed and it kind of does feel a wee bit like only here could we, they make they could where they could actually be fighting like for example you know NFL Saturday evening there's a there's a off record meeting between coaches team captains and the commentary team and it's so that they can get background that they can use when they're commentating so they can maybe they can 
you know, have a little bit of insight at how they trained that week, what they were preparing for, and they can use some of that as background colour information. We don't have that here with press conferences on a Friday, but the one we snippet at information that the commentary team get extra within, what, four months, has blown up into a row now where they've threatened to pull it out. And it's just, like, it kind of sums up a wee bit of the standard of football commentary and... Kind of coverage think in this everything, country, I think everything that here is so small time though that's the thing like we've got a really exciting league a league full of like I know it's basically a two horse race but it's full of like intrigue and it's full of surprises and all this sort of thing yes Alan it's a one horse race Paul it's a one horse <laughs> race Paul oh my god I can't believe I said that I'm really making an arse of this um, Paul Carlin needs a holiday badly he does but there's so much colour in our league and the people running it are just grey you know what I mean I mean as I say, you know, I heard the VAR say the easiest way of this is if it's offside. So, by him not giving any details and by making it very, very ambitious, you know, is the is the idea that they've called an offside when it wasn't? Is that what he's trying to say, or is is he basically saying because ultimately, what there's, there's a certain I think personally, I think there's a certain level of PR that Andy Walker's trying to lay down in that Celtic fans over the last couple of years he's went down in their estimation and I think there's a level of him coming out with this knowing it was going to leak out to everybody because it's an interview but like I think there's a level of I am actually one of the good guys you know Alan does agree I, I think there is I think there's a PR that, like, why do you think oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to be an arsehole here but why is Andy Walker like and has why has he been employed by Sky for so long? Like, what does he offer that others don't? I have no idea. Maybe because he's cheap or something. I, I would presume that we are sitting talking about him right now. Might be something to do with. Ah, oh, goddamn! See it. the there's a less dramatic Chris Boyd potentially. Um, Callum McGregor. Some more news. We'll move on from that because I'm, there's absolutely no question that will raise its ugly head again over the next over the weekend. Anyway. Um, Cal McGregor had some quotes on, you know, the away fans at the derbies. Um, I think it adds a little bit of something different. Hopefully, as a spectacle, we can get back to what it was a few years ago when there was bigger crowds in the stadium. It's a hard enough fixture to go there with fans, never mind without fans. The place becomes more hostile, and we'll be looking to use that to our advantage at the weekend. So it does add something extra. The game is difficult anyway, but you need to go on with it. Siege mentality. Um, it's us against everyone else. Do you think we lose something out the away fans, Alan? I think the fixture does. I don't know if we specifically do. I don't care going into it this Saturday. I don't care about it at all. But as a fixture, it should be the allocation that was there prior to 2018-19. Just go back to that. Uh, it's easy work with. It can be policed. There's no issue with it. Just go back to that. The difference between 700 fans and zero fans is nil to me. Yeah. And my experience of going, and it, it makes no difference. But for this Saturday, I don't particularly care. I really don't, because as long as we win, I don't think it changes it too much. So it's not it's not on my thinking for this Saturday. Um, uh, Paul, yourself? When you see the thing is, when you're in your seat, right? When you're in your seat and you're at a, and it's a Rangers game. Um, yeah. When you're in your seat at a Rangers game, you're you're okay. Do you want a yeah, uh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I think I've derailed this. No, 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 that's right. Uh, when you're in your seat, you don't give a crap about the away support because you're not focused on them one bit. You're focused on your own team. You're focused on the people around you. So for me, the away fans make no difference whatsoever. 
Because normally when you're at a game, there's only like 200 of them max anyway. You know, St Mirren bring their 200 fans and that's it. Yeah, I um, It's interesting to see what will happen and how eventually it will be put right. I, I just don't think it's a... I don't think it's dramatic or salacious to say that the derby itself is a game that's best served when there's home and away fans there. That's what, that's why you go to football. You go there because I remember my first season ticket in the Lisbon line stand, which I had for about three or four years under Strachan, and get up the stairs. And it was, I think I've told the story in the pod before. There was an old guy right beside me that sat there for about a year. Um, me and my mate sat in the same seats, and it was the first time I'd ever kind of caught him on the way up. You know, going out the kind of stadium, and he was a really, really lovely old guy, really pleasant, always really nice. And as soon as he got up and he seen the, the split with the Rangers fans, he just turned straight to him and he just gave a volley of abuse for like twenty seconds. And, and he had to get it out of his system. And then he was, and then Nick, two minutes later, he's chatting away, asking how your week was. And it was like, it's good, it's healthy, it's call it what you like. It's that's what the fixture's there for. And you watch Barcelona Real Madrid, and you can't hear away fans. You notice it, the spectacle is better when there's away fans but it's not your decision and it's been that way for a while now so going into Saturday I won't miss it I remember my I, you know, my, my first derby was 1997 I think it was cup final the cup final uh, cup quarter final and um, just walking out and seeing them you'd watched it on telly you'd seen them on telly but I don't know you just walk out and you just see them it's like Stepping up and seeing Darth Vader for the first time, like and stuff. No, like, do you know what I mean? It's like that sort of that's the enemy, and there they are, and they're in our house, and it just it sends it, it turns you, and you know, and I think you know, it's uh, Claire Wilde's um, first derby tomorrow, and you know, she on, on Saturday, she's looking a lot, she's very much looking forward to it, but. Saying to her, you know, she's getting lifted, isn't she? Uh, she 100% yeah. getting lifted, hurling the worst the abuse. I mean, the, 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 some of the worst words you've ever heard. Maybe invent some new words. Uh, yeah. Nightmare as well. Bank call of the weekend. I'll be a week. Uh, that'll be Tuesday morning before oh. she's out. Yeah, suits me. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. But what, what I mean is just like, as I say, you know, the, that kind of that's missing for people going to the first derby now, where you walk out and you see that just the evil empire kind of strewn across our thing and I do think something's lost yeah. but at the same time we've got the advantage of the home advantage there's none of them going to be there and that's perfect I just don't care about them anymore the club's pathetic they are pathetic I don't care about them I never, I've never cared about them Paul, to be honest with you I don't <laughs> care about them anymore that's it um, just a couple of bits uh, Chris Boyd says Rangers would be top of the league if they had Kyogo so if Rangers had a 30-goal uh, season striker, they'd be doing better, um, is the analysis we've got from Chris Boyd. Um, good for them. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, we've conceded less goals than them, so just utter shite. Um, and Barry Ferguson reckons that Michael Beale will spring a surprise. Oh, that, that, good, good for you, Barry. Good for Michael Beale. I mean, what sort of surprise are we talking? Like uh, a dashing new, a new look, maybe? Have, have you heard Barry Ferguson talk recently? He sounds like he's an like had bar, some sort of, no, he sounds like he's had like a lobotomy or something <laughs> and he's just completely <laughs> like no he just he sounds like he's just like really as if he's been neutered and he's had to really calm down. Jesus so he talks Christ, really that. slowly and it's like and it's as if he's trying not to get himself worked up. It's it's a hard listen. I, I don't listen. Again, I don't oh, listen no, to Barry Ferguson. I, but. I love to get myself wound up between hours of five and eight and weeknights. 
He's, he's on go and then I usually switch off. No, he does go radio. Uh, so I, I get wound up at that for an hour and then I tune into Clyde to get even more wound up. He loves it. Yeah, you, you, could, you should have been like a UFC fighter and just sit you in front of like a TV screen with Barry Ferguson and Ian Ferguson on it and then just set you on somebody. Uh, You'd be tremendous. Too, maybe. Uh, no, he does. It just sounds a wee bit... He's not the snarling bear that he once was. He's never a fucking <laughs> snarling bear, man. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, <laughs> I, Paul, uh, we talked about, you know... If you sign up at thecynic.co, you get daily podcasts. We did the agenda on Monday. Um, we had the reaction to the Ross County game uh, straight after. Um, we had, uh, on the agenda, we discussed the, the Ross County game as well. Then we had a total tactical analysis breakdown of the Ross County game on Tuesday with the review. Your brief thoughts, Paul? Is there anything from Saturday that you think will be, uh, sorry, Sunday there against Ross County where we won 2-0? Is there anything in that game that you look at and you think that could influence this weekend or... Uh, I, I just Isolation. Almost, yeah, the game ended and then it was like, right, let's just move on to the next game for me. So I watched it in the Lake District. I was in holiday with, uh, by the way, I'm on holiday two weekends in a row, right? I know. Can I hide money? Unbelievable. Um, Correct. <laughs> uh, we watched it in this wee, like, country pub somewhere. Um, we were the only, only Scottish football fans in there. Uh, the game was stressful, low on quality, but we still should have won about 5 0. The biggest concern for me was just the folk that were off form or injured, a.k.a. Well, Matt O'Reilly, Greg Taylor. Um, when Burnaby came on, the goal was great. The rest of it wasn't so good. Quite encouraged by Iwata. Um, so, I'm, I don't know. Iwata's now in my thoughts for this weekend. At some stage, whether or not you know he has to start or whether he comes on as a sub. Um, but left-back's the biggest area of concern from kind of watching that game. You know, sometimes you just go to Ross County and just like, just win and come home. That's what you need to do. I think sometimes at this time of the season you just win. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alan, is there anything from that that you think would be kind of hanging over, or do you think game's done, done, boom, move on? I think it is game done and job done as well, and done well to an extent, and complete control of the game. I think when you, if you're looking from going one game into the other, you need to play better and you need to be better on the ball. You need to be more creative. I think you would be asking for more from players. So, um, Abata, I think, got a lot of credit and was really, really good. But you're going to have to be a bit more creative on Saturday. You're going to have to work a little bit harder probably to get things. By the same token, you're presuming that it'll be a Rangers team that will be more aggressive. So, it's, it's a different game. So, I do think that it is kind of fold up and just move on to the next one. It will be a different game. I do think Rangers will be a bit more aggressive. I don't see them sitting in and just having a go the last 20. I think they'll try and play a possession-based game and they'll try and play high up the park. So there's other guys that were quiet on Sunday against Ross County that you would be looking at saying, this is a big game for you, a really big game, and we expect a lot more. So it's a different game entirely. But I was happy with Sunday. I think I was a bit more positive on Sunday than most people. Um, so I... Uh, Nothing alarming from it, but everybody needs to have their levels because you're playing against a much better side. Um, I think, sorry, I, th- I just think it showed that as we've done all season, is we can get the result, we can pull the result out of the bag, no matter what happens. And that's the story of this season: it's just getting the win by any means necessary. Mostly doing it impressively and with a bit of flair and a bit of pizzazz. But we've had a few games like that where it's just been a wee bit of a slog. But I mean, the result is never really in doubt. So. Uh, I seen an interview with Paul Lambert and he was talking about his time at Dortmund 
and he was talking about you know training when they were doing training he was you know Jurgen Collar and Andy Muller and Lars Ricken and you know all these unbelievable footballers and he basically says you know when we won a game or we lost a game it was always on to the next one it was always have a brief analysis of what went wrong or what went well but then just totally focus on the next game I imagine Ange is the same Alan there really would be we're not going to dwell on that Ross County game and put it to bed points are, points are done there might be a lot of elements you know Bernabe Iwata Iwata having a really important would, 90 minutes do you think he would sit down with them and say if there's something they've seen that he thinks that he would like to work on yes but I, I don't think there was. I don't think anybody did anything that would require that I, I do think it is an entirely different game you're going to be playing against a team that are much more expansive so I don't think you can take the same lessons from that and just apply them to this game but when you do have different players coming in and maybe playing more game time, you're more likely to maybe have a chat with them. But it probably wouldn't even come from Ange. It'd probably be from one of the coaches. Yeah. Because yeah. that's their role. They'll work. They'll do improvements like that every week. Whereas Ange, no, I think it's a different type of game. You just focus ahead, job done, move on. I, I, I think it would maybe alarm players maybe more if you were to have a big sit-down chat with them. Because by all accounts, that's not the norm at Lennox time. Uh, got a question from Kevin. Um, Kevin's question, and this is us kind of walking into the uh, looking ahead to the Rangers game. Evening trips with the lack of pictures of Hitati training, it looks like we will miss he will miss Saturday, which leaves a space for either Iwata or O'Reilly. Who do you see Ange going with? For me, I'd go with Iwata so that we can move McGregor up one, because uh, with Moy and O'Reilly, there's a lack of speed both on and off the ball. Side note: I'd love to see AJ absolutely cement. Kent into the ground uh, would be tremendous. Love that language. Cement. Because cement's permanent, right? Ah, yeah. He cannot leave the ground. Um, what's your thoughts? Um, it's a good question from Kevin. What I would say is a lack of training pictures is not the smoking gun in regards to whether Hitati's going to play or not. Also, but would the club be select about what they put out? Yeah, there might be a genuine element of kind of just keep it a bit smoking mirrors. Um, Paul, if it was a straight shootout between Iwata and O'Reilly, um, considering how well O'Reilly's done in derbies as well, yeah, you know, as much as you know, he's maybe not in the oh, see it, gun, gun to my head. I actually think I would pick Iwata for this game, but I don't know if I would like. I actually think Iwata was a wee bit better on Sunday when McGregor was dropping further back. Um, I just, I just saw more of what I liked from Iwata at that point. I think I would play Iwata because I, I think O'Reilly can be effective coming off the bench. Um, but this is assuming Moy's going to be fit. We don't know anything about Aaron Moy. Um, Aaron Moy trained today. Well, that's great to hear because um, I would start him for sure. Uh, yeah, I'd go with Iwata. Uh, I thought I saw enough at the weekend for me to trust him. I think he looked really tidy on the ball. I think he doesn't seem the type of person that would be overawed by the occasion um, and I think yeah he'll just kind of protect that back four if they need protected you yeah. know that's the thing um, it'll be McGregor who'll be pulling the strings anyway in midfield on, on Saturday no matter what so yeah Iwata for me Alan I want to give you a chance to talk about the um, AJ cementing Kent into the ground uh, happy with that I'd like to see that I would enjoy <laughs> that all I would ask is that he does it in the first half because it'll be closer to me. 
I want a very good view, and I, oh, I do. I'm very, very far back, so if AJ is bored and he's listening, then maybe do it in the first half. Try and keep it the right side of a red card, though, if you aye, don't mind. Um, I do think the, the midfield discussion is valid. I don't see Ange starting two players that didn't take part last weekend at all. I don't see Hitati and Moy starting. So it's one you think? I just don't, I just don't think Ange's done that before. He, he doesn't tend to... He doesn't tend to kind of go with players that aren't that sharp. So I think you would be a maximum of one of them coming back in. Right. And I think, obviously, Moy was pitcher training. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just stuck with O'Reilly again, you know, with last week. Awata, to me, is a player that's more flexible if you need him off the bench as well. He can play in eight, 60 minutes. Six, whereas O'Reilly's a little bit more plan A rather than plan B, so I maybe differ a wee bit there, but look, half 11 on Saturday will all be absolutely glued to my phones waiting for that team because it's probably the most in, it's the most up for grabs jerseys have been for, well, since well before the World Cup. Paul? I think there's something also in, I've never, I've got so much more sort of consideration and appreciation for the role that subs play in this team now. Because it, in, a, in a way, it doesn't really. Well, it does matter who starts, but it doesn't matter who starts as much as it used to, because of the way Andrews is subs. Everyone's going to play their part in this game. Everyone's going to have a role, whether it's coming on for the last ten minutes or whether it's coming on after sixty minutes to try and change the game or to close the game out. So, it's about Ange having confidence in these guys to do a job. And to be honest, I think they all can. Even a guy like David Turnbull could make a difference in a game like this don't you think that uh, great point Paul don't you think that the way subs are used by Ange is very different to any Celtic manager you've ever totally. seen totally and that might be to do with the fact that he's got three subs right I get that as well but there was times in the past where subs have been made and you can see the manager just like I'm going to give you 10 minutes son as opposed to I want you to do this because of this like factors are connected but that's what it seems like and by the way we might be overcooking the goose here I don't know right but it does seem like he uses it more of a tactic, ta- tactical technique or tactical tactic, rather than just putting someone on for the sake of it. I think that I think what he does is he takes advantage of that that rule because see a sub coming on with ten minutes to go, it's very very difficult to get a pace of the game. Really, really, it's hard to imagine how difficult it would be in a professional game to come on for 10 minutes and be able to make your impact especially if you're a kind of creative midfield player if you're a striker you get one touch you score a goal great everybody remembers see beyond that it's very very difficult um, whereas half an hour see when you're on the park half an hour feels like it goes like that by the way absolutely instant but it is much more functional amount of time for you to actually get the rhythm of the game maybe even take a bad touch and still get into it whereas 10 minutes is so I think what he does is he gives players that opportunity because see if we're sitting here every Thursday or Monday or whatever it is and we're talking about a player that keeps getting 10 minutes eventually we start going yeah but he doesn't he's not making his impact 10 minutes is nothing Yeah. so whereas half an hour I think players do have proper game time where they can actually contribute it might not be game winning or anything like that but they can show I'm capable at this level and I need more and you can do that I think 10 minutes is extremely difficult so I think it gives the players the responsibility to do that Alex Ivanovic can do it in 10 minutes by the way honestly he can come on with 10 minutes to go change the game score a goal impress us all do his wee dance 
king, king of Parkhead for me. The million dollar question, if that's a thing, is why he does find himself continually reverting back to that 10 minutes. And it either comes back to Training. fitness yeah. or he's just not the fit. And it, because we all love him. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do wonder, I keep saying the same thing, and I know I make you jump the head, I apologise. No, no, that's all right. I, you've yet to really see Ange buy into Jot and Haksibanovic in the same team. He, he likes one of them, and I think it is just about work rate going the other side of the ball. See, for a team that wants to play so attacking and so aggressive, I always feel that like he does have one eye on that side of the game. You know, you know, we had the chance to sign Patrick Roberts at the start of the season, and I'm not saying they're the same type of player, but they're in the same mould, I would say, Haksibanovic and Patrick Roberts. And there's a lot of stuff about, you know, Ange met him, and it just the attitude didn't fit. Maybe he just, maybe he just wasn't the right mould. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's what Haksibanovic, maybe... It may not work out for him at Celtic, but I honestly think that he's given me enough exciting moments... And he probably will to the end of the season. And exciting moments recently, like he generally looks like one of the players at the moment. I think most people are saying you want to see more of him. You want it, but he does keep reverting back to being on the bench. Sometimes he's not even the first winger sub that you go to as well. So no. it's almost like something just doesn't fit a wee bit. I know, I know. But is that is it is it is it time? How long? I mean, how long has he been at the club? It's since it's the start of the year. season. Well, start, okay. Yeah, but. He, he did have he a proper pre-season as he well. He played Champions so. League games though. And do you know? Do you know what I would love actually? See this specific. See the last two minutes of this podcast. I would love it if this is all over Celtic Twitter next week and everybody just laughing because Haksibanovic has bagged the double against Rangers. Oh, good way to predict. Oh my god! Oh, prediction. <laughs> he'll score. Fucking... He'll score our last. Oh, last goal. What? He'll score a goal on Sunday. I said two, Paul. I said two. Oh shit! I guarantee though. He's... I gu- I guarantee. Haksimanovic will be the first sub. You guarantee it? You guarantee it. The first sub? The first sub. On or off? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the first sub. Um, so, Celtic are playing Rangers, Saturday 12.30pm kickoff. The referee's Kevin Clancy. The fourth official is John Beaton and the VAR guy is Mick Walsh. That's good to get a ticket. Aye. Good, 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 I mean, good, it, good it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? You could say... Aye, it doesn't matter, but at the same time, you know, there's levels. <laughs> you should have, but you could say any referee and it would be like, all right, well... What about Father Patrick <laughs> uh-huh. Maguire? <laughs> yes. If he was a... Would, that, would you say the same thing? Is he thing? a newly ordained <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a newly him. ordained referee, is what he bloody is. <laughs> um, Alan, let me... I'll start with you. How important is the start of this game? Because Rangers have a very clear and direct need, and that's that they need to win. So they have a need to win. We, you may, you said it yourself. We have a need to not get beat. What do you think is going to happen from the start, from the get go? Do you think it's just going to be business as usual, or do you think they're going to come at us and we might have to take a little bit of pressure first, or will we go there? I think, it, I think it's difficult to guess because if you think back to the League Cup final, Rangers probably started the first two minutes of that game stronger. Yeah. And we did build into the game to the extent where actually we looked like we might just be running out of time a wee bit in the first half. Obviously, we get the goal, it changes it. I don't think anything... The players won't be thinking, right, we need to see. I think from the side, though, I think what you see is John Kennedy and Postacoglu. They will be having a wee eye just to see how aggressive are Rangers going to be? 
Do you expect them to be aggressive? Do you expect them to be aggressive? I think they have to be. They have to be, right? Yeah. I think on the basis that A, the circumstances of the game, but B, they feel that they lost out in the last game because they weren't aggressive enough, they weren't fit enough. So I would expect two things. One, a slightly younger profile in midfield. Oh, okay. Would that, would um, that be asking then? Well, presumably, I think Lundstrom might drop out and go for legs because... Um, yeah, I is. think that's where they feel that like they weren't, they couldn't get close to us, and it was inevitable that we would score in the League Cup final because we just kept getting into the same positions. I think they'll try and stop that this time, and I think they will have to be more aggressive. It's just the question I think is what they do up top because they've never been able to hold the ball in, no, and they've never had a threat in behind. So there's different options they've got. So I think you'd firstly when the team sheet comes out, obviously you'll have a glance at that, but then you'll just be looking. How how quickly did they try and turn the ball over? You know, how quickly they try uh, they try to play in behind or they try to play off a striker? And I think first ten minutes you'll get an idea of that. See once you get that, then you can start to you know, Callum McGregor particularly, he's the one who'll be looking at right, if we do turn the ball over, where am I looking to where's the second ball going to drop if it is? Or actually am I can I get a wee bit closer to my centre halves because the ball's just coming straight over the top? We subtle things like that you look out for and the coaches will look out for. But see, to be honest, see the other players in the park, I don't, they'll be prepared for this. They won't worry about that too much. They'll just think about doing their job. There's certain players that kind of look and are in tune with those things. I think Carl McGregor's certainly one of them because his role and where he's kind of stationed in the park when we don't have the ball is quite important. Key, isn't it? Paul, what are you thinking? How are you feeling about the start of this game? What what, what do you want to see from Celtic? Let me frame that. Eh... I don't mind if the Rangers come out and be aggressive and, and try and press right right from the start. I think that's kind of what they do in every game and we've been able to cope with it pretty well. I actually think it would be quite good for our defenders just to get a little bit of like, just get going right at the start. Um, get a touch, take it yeah, easy. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, get your first touch out of the bait. I mean, Carter Vickers plays well in these games. Um, I think he's going to be really important for us. Um but yeah, it, it's about whoever the six and one of the eights are and what they're doing, uh, like Alan says, absolutely on the money. It depends though, like, we should be starting the game. I mean, we're at home. It's it's a full house of Celtic fans. I would love for us to start aggressive, which we don't have to though. Yeah, but yeah, but be good if we could manage to get an early goal. I know it's pure pie in the sky stuff, but I think if we I, get, I, 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 I like scared. I like when you come out and give them a fright. I think if we get an early goal, I genuinely think they might crumble. Oh yeah, I really. Now we're talking. Yeah. No, like you know. The, now see, we're cooking. See that? Now we're cooking. <laughs> uh, like the four net. Like so, we we tanned them three 0 last year, last season, February, and we tanked them four 0 this season. And it just comes from that directness, right? Do you remember? See when you were a kid. And it used to get like near your birthday or Christmas or something, and you would maybe there was something you wanted a pair of football boots or a football top or something, and you would you would always like make some outlandish promise where you would say, "Oh look, honestly, see if you get me these boots, I promise I'll be really really good forever." <laughs> Do you know think that's kind of what we are like now with these games? Well, like, ah, we won three nothing, we won four nothing, we want to go twelve points clear, but we also want to spank them. You're kind of doing that thing now where you're starting to go. Oh, just give us one more of them and I promise I'll be really, really, really good until the 29th when we'll ask the same thing again. Can I come back to you and ask again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, would it be okay if... I've been largely good since. 
that last game. I know, you know, the, the day after yeah. I was a bit rough, but other than that, I've been great. God, we said uh, some things we regret. Will they we regret them? I don't know. Let me ask you this. Um, I know we, you know, there's a. He's a guy we talk about a lot, and not just us. I'm sure he's talked about in every kind of pub conversation about Celtic players, and I'm sure we've all had conversations with our fathers and friends and all that. Leo Abada. He's a frustrating young man. He's a talented young man. A little bit inconsistent, but has had huge moments against Rangers. I'm, I'm, I'm quite critical of him, but I'm actually gutted that he's not going to be available this game because this game just seems set up for him. And yeah. it would, even if nothing else, I, yeah. So I actually, as someone who's maybe not his biggest fan, but can see him for the qualities that he has, I'm gutted. How are you thinking about Abada? Disappointing. Who can take his place? Who could be the new Abada for uh, this game? It's not. It's not who can. It's like because we know who, who we know who Andrew play. The front three will be Maida, Kyogo, and Jota. Is that nailed down? Alan's like, is that nailed down? Do you think? I, th- I think it is. I, yeah. Okay. I don't see any variation to it at all. I I, I agree. I agree. So we're all in agreement with that. Sorry, Paul. So uh, yeah, no. I think Abada. Yeah, these games are perfect for Leal Abada. Um, we've yeah, we've seen him do it. We've seen him put. Barisic on toast several times. It's great to on see. On his ass. Um, it's great. I mean, but this, this is what, yeah. But saying that, I think this is a game where we, oh, I don't know, discipline's going to be important in this game. Shot and Maida's work rate's really good. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, I, I kind of, it's, it's pointless because oh, Barisic's completely injured, right? He's definitely out. Definitely out. Right, well then, it's a moot point because it will be Jota on the right. I think it, the, where it is a really, really big loss is he can stretch the park like no other player can. Absolutely. He, he does. He, he almost just runs like the crow flies. He just direct, really straight, and he'll give, you know, you think about it almost like a shift. If my Maeda does the first hour, and then whether it's the same side or not, the likelihood is that you might bring Haksibanovic on the left and then ideally Abada on the right and you would have the same balance but just on other sides and he, I think he's one of the players that whatever you think of him and I know there's different opinions you would like to see a player like that on the bench because see if you do need something a wee bit late on he's, he, he can be magic in a bottle so he is definitely a loss that he's not going to be you know, play any part in it but again other players need to step up Absolutely. Um, I mean, we can't forget the fact that Jota scored an outrageous goal in the last game. Um, Jota and Colgate Yogo have all scored against Rangers, right? So, oh, that's a good, yeah, a very good point. I, I genuinely hadn't even thought about it like that. Yeah, I loved my this goal last time. Oh fuck me! I mean, man. I like all the goals against Rangers, but <laughs> I really liked that goal. I think what you know, I, I think he blew away a lot of people's kind of expectations with that goal because it's not a type of goal he scored before but no. he really bursts through and just absolutely places it in the right thing it also had everything Aye. <laughs> it had the Rangers mistake it had Rangers defenders blaming each other Ooh. it's just chef's yeah. guess uh, question from Troy our good friend Troy um, hi for the weekly assuming Raskin and Cantwell play on Saturday and that kind of highlights your point Alan about younger profile what are the implications for how we play what threat do they pose who will pick them up and how we might take advantage of any space create they create um, 
we're go tomorrow we'll have the weekend update and it'll be myself and Christian Wolf and we will have a tactical look at Rangers and how they're going to play exactly and, and what they're going to do and how we can beat them but Alan what's your kind of thoughts on that Cantwell Raskin what are the implications for those for them comparable to a Lundstrom and a Jack for example well, th- I'm just kind of sketching out I think they will go for a younger profile I think they'll probably leave out Lundstrom so you would imagine then you would have Jack Raskin Cantwell and Tillman so it's a younger profile and it's it's very straightforward and it's two sitters and two you know they, they play that two two two, two. creative players yeah. um, but there's balance between the two obviously Tillman's a wee bit more physical than Cantwell um, there's a wee bit more guile probably in there than we faced in the yeah um, League Cup final but I think the only thing that looking at it and if it is you know if you sketch it out like that a lot of players there that haven't played consistently throughout the season yeah you know so you know going to kind of Paul's point about if Celtic do start quickly the pace of a game can really take you know can almost kind of take your breath away a wee bit and if you've not played a lot you know you can feel like you're chasing shadows and if Celtic do get into your rhythm if we get those rotations going on either side you would you would fancy it what you would like to see you know if it is that four what you would like to see there is how hard are you going to work yeah. you know how willing are you to do the, the leg work to actually get into a game and that's not the creative stuff that's not the guile when you're on the ball that's the stop Celtic getting oh, in the, the areas the ball, yeah. you know so that then is where it maybe comes back to how aggressive are they going to be but I do think they will go for a younger profile a little bit more legs and then it's just what they do up top because I think there's there's a lot of different options there. I mean, I don't watch Rangers, but they've tried a lot of different things in the last few weeks. So it's quite Jake it Morell difficult. Jake Morell also play? I really don't know. Because you, you've either got the option of him, Cholak, or they might even go with Sakala through the middle. And I know a lot of Rangers fans have talked themselves into actually not playing a striker and <laughs> trying to go with a false nine situation. Have I think they? It, it could be quite difficult for Ange to... Sometimes you can go into these games and you can say they will go with this team. I don't know if you can do that this time because they do have options, but I don't think it's all preferred options. I think it's what do we think we'll try this time? I, that, it's kind of like Russian roulette, just stick. It's Derek McInnes when he was uh, the Aberdeen manager trying one thing after the other and none of them working. Um, I again, I've not seen enough of these this Rangers team like Alan. Are these chumps? I try not. Yeah, no marks. Quite frankly. I try. I tend to and do my best not to see Jobbers. them because I dislike the club very much. But um, I think your point, Alan, about work rate is is on the money. Like if if it's not happening for them, is are Cantwell and what's his name Raskin? He's Belgian, right? Are they going to? Yeah. Are they just going to chuck it? Are they going to have the sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Have the moxie to uh, I know a word you like, Alan. To um, John Moxie, of course. Oh, hello. Uh, to keep going. Um, I, I, again, it's all about us. For me, it's, it's less about how they play, more about how we play. I know. Are they going to be able to cope with the occasion? You know, it's Celtic Park. Sixty thousand Celtic fans. They baller. Todd Cantwell. In you come. Let's see how you got on. He can't well. Can't play. Am I right? Can't play well. Um, uh, question from Lewis. Uh, hi panel, hope the nerves aren't too bad yet. Minds are getting worse uh, with the news of Taylor missing training. If Taylor is touch and go on Saturday, would you risk him playing in the first half in the hope 
We overrun them and try and take an early and dominant lead, as we've done in previous derbies at Parkhead. Or would you be confident in Bernabai and Maeda pinning the mighty serial loser Tavern here back? <laughs> Lovely. Well put. Um, that's the kind of, you know, we mentioned it at the beginning with Kenny's question. Left back. Um, we can see the the kind of the rawness in Bernabeu. We can see the qualities he has, especially in the final third, pushing forward. There's no need to go over, you know, maybe his positioning. And we know the flaws the young man has. Hopefully, we'll have time to kind of ease them out. But for this game on Saturday, Alan, if Taylor was touch and go, but you could get 45 minutes out of them, would you risk him or would you go with Bernabeu? Is it nah. too much a risk? Yeah, if you can only get, if you're thinking Taylor, even if you were to say, look, Taylor can do an hour, you need to play guys that are ready to play 90 minutes. Um, look, uh, and it's not a vote, uh, it's not anything against Burnaby, uh, but if you, if you had another two weeks to this game to get him up to speed, but he's not played a lot of football, so the idea of him playing 90 minutes is kind of not a great idea, so it's not even about his strengths, weaknesses, it's just about how ready is it to play a game of this intensity because Ange has seen fit for him not to play very much at all so it's not ideal. If he starts as well, sorry to jump in Alan, but there's absolutely no doubt, we know how these games go we know how it works, he will be targeted with a bad tackle. Well, I mean, let's be realistic, he'll be targeted with a bad tackle so he might be able to play 60 minutes if, you know he's a very bump free 60 minutes, but physical hard tackles late tackles referee missing it referee not seeing it letting play go on I think look there's an upside to it because I think he's a player that does have quality you've seen that you've seen he's he's got something he makes mistakes on the ball um, I think a lot of that probably comes down to match sharpness like getting caught in the ball things like that you can't do that in games like this no. you, you do need to be quick you need to move the ball and quickly or step in he is very good he'll He'll drop the ball off, then he'll keep going, and he will make potentially things happen. If you were to make a case for him playing, probably one of the things that you would look at is the person that's playing in front of him is the best player that could play in that position of our lifetime to play in front and protect the fullback. Because Dyson Maeda will do absolutely, it, there won't be one occasion where he'll drop off or switch off going the other way. He might get beat, it might be a bit of quality or something, but the one thing he won't do is chuck it or focused, not get yeah. caught going back the way. So I think that's where there's a little crumb there. I'm very much in the camp, though. I hope Greg Taylor is fit and available and that Celtic are just being a wee bit cute. I was a bit panicky last week when Ange said it's just a knock, I'm sure he'll be fine. Because he doesn't tend to give anything away at all with injuries, positive or negative. So we'll, we'll see, but I would hope It'll be the first name I'm looking for, really, I suppose, because of the kind of difference between... Paul talked about Hitati earlier, and the difference between him and whoever his replacement is. The difference between Taylor and a very, very inexperienced Bernabeu is, I think, priority one for us. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... I'm just thinking back to the last year's League Cup final against Hibs, where you risk Kyogo and it pays off. But that feels, this feels a wee bit different to that because we do have another big game coming up, at least two other big games coming up after this. So, uh, I don't know. I really hope he's fit. I'm less confident in Burnaby. I, I really don't think... I just don't think he's a defender. I think defensively he's suspect. 
Um, he's again, he's he's worked right in effort are fine, and the benefit of having Maeda on the left is that Maeda's defensive work is excellent. But is there anyone else who can play left back? Well, thing is, when we've done this in the past, this you know Callum McGregor at left back, Juranovic at left back, it doesn't end well. Play a left back at left back. Burnaby is at least trained as a left back. Just he's got a left foot. I mean, everyone has a left foot. <laughs> well, well, the guy in my left foot had a left foot. Paul, shut it down. <laughs> Alan. And some elements of that I agree, and that I would just stick with the left back in the left back slot. Yeah. And I'd, the alternative is that you look at either Johnston or, I mean, Anthony Ralston's obviously been out, so, nah, there probably is an alternative. You go with a, go with a kid. Go with a kid. Go with a kid. Um, right. I'm looking for predictions. Doesn't have to be the score. Can be a good performance. Could be someone who's going to score a goal. Just some sort of prediction about this game that you think will take place. Paul, I think we'll be comfortable. I honestly, I think our, our fears and our kind of nervousness around these it's it's just because it's in built, and this is how every Celtic fan feels before a game against them, but. I really, really believe the players and the manager will be looking forward to this game. It's an excellent chance to put this league pretty much to bed. I think there's enough professionalism in the team to just get us over the line. I think, I think we'll win. I think we'll win two 0 Alan Edgar. Yeah. I just don't lose. I know. I, we said this before recording, and I feel like I'm just rehashing it, but. On Saturday, I'll have get out for beers after. I'm hoping to make a weekend of it. And if we win, I'll absolutely be doing that. See, in reality, just don't lose a game. Just don't lose. Just exactly. don't lose. So, yes, you know I'm terrible at predictions, and I hate predicting because I have no joy yeah, with them. Who are you looking for to have a good game? What's your prediction on a player maybe standing out? See, if, if we're talking about any of our wingers after the game, I think we win. I think if we're talking about Jota or Maeda after the game and complimenting them, we win the game. That's I, it. I love that, Alan. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, we're not finished yet. We've got a couple more questions. My prediction is that Celtic will turn up and perform and that'll be good enough. That's it. I think we'll turn up, we'll perform, and it'll be good enough. We've been, we've been doing it all, all season. Um, there's nothing about this ring. I think I do think Michael Beale is the Emperor's new clothes and I think that's eventually going to come out in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Emperor naked. He was naked. Alan, um, just a bit of fun. But yeah, so with the Celtic and Rangers game, um, we've got, this is the weekly, we've got the weekend update tomorrow, which drops on Friday, which will be looking ahead, tactical look at the game um, with myself and Christian. And then straight after the game, we'll be doing a reaction podcast, which will be recording in a undisclosed location in town so check that out um, and then we've got uh, an interesting pod maybe a Oswald's Bar and Grill <laughs> 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 near Central Station <laughs> um, it's not there do you think they call it a Bar and Grill? I love a Bar and Grill uh, no yeah. Oswald's right enough it has a little bit of class the proceedings because you're like you know you'll have your, your pint or or maybe a oh Paul just let me finish you can also bring your own meats and we will grill I'm them thinking a, I'm, I'm thinking a steak you're going to have well, a I'm a vegan so that's really offensive um but yeah, so there's plenty of coverage. We've got uh, you know a live show on uh, Sunday. We're go- a live hosted show. If we lose, we'll see. <laughs> but, if we lose, stick it to Elion. Aye, uh, that's it. Um, but yeah, so 
lots of coverage on the cynic.co check out the cynic.co there's lots of free, there's lots of free content on there lots of free features if you want to get a taste for what we're doing um, check it out the cynic.co uh, got a question from uh, Conan in Brooklyn He sent a nice message. He said, hello, panel. During the 10 season, oh. I asked... It's not a bad start. During the 10 season, I asked if you'd rather win the 10 or the subsequent two seasons. The Senate crew unanimously said the 10. Now that we're on the cusp of the latter, the question is this. Would you trade the last two seasons for the 10? Yes, 100%. I mean, 100%. <laughs> Today, given that it's April oh, no, no. and we're about to go and no, but the beauty of no, because we're about we'd be going to lose the league. No, 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 be, no. Because ultimately, if we'd won the ten, so what? You know, if you're going to wreck on this thing, doesn't necessarily mean that we'd have lost the last two seasons. It sounded like it. Nah. Sorry, the scenario I heard was you can win the ten, but that's then you lose the subsequent two seasons, nah, and it's in April now. I've got over no one in the fucking league. I'm looking forward to partying in May and June, by the way. So, but the beauty of this is, it, it does, you know, you can just say. Well, you're playing it. You're against it. Do you know we really need to do a scenarios Pod. type podcast where we do things like that? Uh, that's that's uh, that's Christopher Bow. That's Ian Dugan. That's Paul Carlin. That's that's the, the folk from that. But uh, yeah, do you know what, Conan? I think what you're saying is that we would have lost those last two seasons, and um, actually. I don't know. If we'd won the ten, would Ange have even have, have cut? I don't. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's all, it's all sliding door stuff. But I'd rather. I mean, I. I think winning ten, 10 in a row genuinely would have been something special. I really do. Um, and let's it might, let's move forward, gentlemen. Okay, Alan. Um, it makes a good point. We're going to finish. We are going to finish with the uh, the lineup quiz. Alan's favourite. Uh, I'm going to go host here. Uh, no, well, it's from. Oh God. This is this is where it all uh, hangs on. What decade it's from, right? Okay, let me just get the exact date. Um, I had because I, I haven't written it down on the sheet of paper, but um, it's from the sixth of March, nineteen ninety seven. They both went ah, Jesus. It's my it's my first game. Sorry, not my first game. My first derby, and uh, Celtic won. Two goals to nil. I'm not going to say who the scorers were like last time. We make an ass of it. Um, 6th of March, 1997. You both have two lives. I'll give you those two lives. And um, what I'm looking for is one of each, including subs. And I'm going to start with Paul Carlin. Do you know what? I'm, I'm just doing mathematics trying to work out who the manager was? Tommy Burns. Okay. I don't know if maths would have got you there, Paul. Malky Mackay. Malky Mackay, correct. Malky Mackay also scored one of the goals. Spoilers. Huh? Decanio. Correct. Decanio scored the other goal. Andreas Tom. Andreas Tom came on as a sub, so yes, correct. Can I, can I get... Um, can I just get your pen? Okay. Um, Alan? Gal, Gal took my pen. Paul McStay. Paul, Mc, Paul McStay, correct. Sorry. No, you can have it. It's no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I don't, I don't need it's to. Okay, it's okay. It's uh, okay. So, yeah, you're uh, doing... Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd is... Uh, incorrect. 
He must have been injured or something. Or suspended. Maybe suspended. Uh, Gordon Marshall. Uh, incorrect. So Johnny Gould. Johnny Gould. Oh, no, it's uh, incorrect. Two years, yeah. So, Alan, you just need one more to win. Tosh McKinley. Correct. Ah. Alan wins. Johnny, I'll go through the team. Uh, Stuart Kerr in goals. Uh, Enrico Winoni, who had an outrageously good game. Uh, Mark and Brian Loudrup. Uh, Tosh McKinley, Jackie McNamara, uh, Malcolm McKay, Peter Grant, Paolo Di Canio, Paul McStay, Alan Stubbs, Phil O'Donnell and George Cadet, uh, Andy Tom and David Hanna both came on. The only not used substitute was Pierre Van Hoydonk because at that time he was in a bit of a tizzy with the club. Um, but listen, that was a victory for Celtic, 1997. Let's hope the weekend we have a joyous and enjoyable you're going to be in Germany for you're going to be in Berlin. I am going to Berlin this weekend with uh, my partner and some pals. So I'll be watching in the, uh, the CSC Berlin CSC with our very own Callum Gordon, which I'm really looking forward to. I've actually not met Callum in person, so I'm absolutely pumped to go and meet him and hang out with a bunch of lovely Celtic fans in Berlin. So can't wait. Great stuff. Nothing like watching the game abroad. Our good friend Brian's in Gran Canaria. He'll be watching it abroad at um, Paddy's Pub. So great stuff. Alan, you'll be at the game and then drinks afterwards. Let's hope it's all uh, it's all good. Yes, looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully we'll all be chatting on Sunday. Hopefully we'll all be off to Dublin in the green in the green. Uh, from Paul Carlin, from Alan Edgar, from myself, Chris Galler, this has been the Cynic Weekly and we'll speak to you down the road.